This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Transformative Principle, Episode 70, with Brad Gustafson. Today, Transformative Principle is sponsored by Simple School Sites. Go to jethrojones.com slash simpleschoolsites to sign up to have your mediocre website transformed into something amazing and beautiful. I've been doing this podcast for over a year and a half, and I have learned so much from it. This has been like another master's course in educational leadership, only way more effective for me personally. So what I'd like to do is figure out what things you really need to help you be the best principal that you can be. In the show notes today, I have a little survey that asks, what is the biggest thing that you are struggling with right now? If you could take a minute and fill that out, I'm going to read every single answer, and I want to be able to find guests that are going to be able to meet the needs that you are saying you have. So please take a minute, look at the show notes at transformativeprinciple.com, and fill out that survey and help me help you. I am super excited to follow up and continue my conversation with Brad Gustafson in this episode of Transformative Principle. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to it. Um, we're going to talk about the great things he does with his teachers in this uh, episode, and we're talking about professional development, about failure, about um, how teachers do great things, and it is just inspiring. I learn so much every time I hear Brad talk, and I know you're going to learn a lot too. Thanks for listening. So what I'd like to do now is change gears just a little bit and talk about some of the things that you do um, with the teachers that are a little bit different than uh, what most schools probably do. Um, first, let's talk about, you mentioned the um, optional professional development. Talk to me about that and and share you know what that looks like and how you how you plan that out. All right. It's evolved over the past five years. Basically, it, philosophically speaking, uh, and, and the truth of the matter is every school has amazingly talented teachers. Traditionally, yep. what my, this is my observation now, teachers are very humble and they, they may not recognize how great they are or how transformative they are. 
in recognizing that, you know, if I, I'm in, you and I are in classrooms more than teachers are in in their colleagues' classrooms. They often yeah. don't get to see how how great their their colleagues are and the different passions they have. So myself, having been in these rooms and then kind of seeing how we did professional development when I came, what we've tried to do is work together and give staff a chance to lead and facilitate conversations that are important to them, not not just me. And they and they have done that and they've done it very well. So in a nutshell, it started where we'd invite teachers in and we had a series of sessions where staff could choose, you know, do I want to go learn about makerspaces or do, wanna, do I want to learn about flipped instruction and who do I want to learn from and how do I want to learn? And we've integrated some flipped PD into that from time to time and in a purposeful manner. We don't do it um, every single time, but if it benefits the conversation, we will. So we, we've... You know, sometimes we try things and they work really, really well, and sometimes they don't. I'll give you an example. Uh, last year, we had a series, and I forget the, the topic, but we had some Moodle forums, so some back-channeling and responses. We had some research where people dove into that, and it was a, a and I planned that session, um, so go figure that that one didn't go so well. <laughs> but the, in a nutshell, I was reminded, you know, if something is process-heavy, meaning complex and how we're going to interact with it, then the content should be a little lighter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the opposite is true. If, some, if the content is very, very heavy and deep, the, make the process, make the entry points a little easier for people so they're not overwhelmed. And um, we, I think we were talking actually about cultural proficiency and some really important conversations about um, affirming kids and making sure each and every student belongs uh, with regard to race and identity and things like that so it makes sense and what we did is we monitored and justin some people were fine you know you could picture your early adopters on staff and they were able to um, handle some of the forum work no problem Um, but we have other people equally as thoughtful and caring with regard to culture and relationships and some of the moodle stuff was hard so here we have this deep content area for pd that they selected and then a hard entry point so we ended up just doing a a face-to-face session for people just to say okay don't worry about the the flipped part or the 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 online asynchronous collaboration Uh, there's a place for you and this is important stuff so we try to respond to feedback when it doesn't work but in the end where we you know fast forward to today jethro the way that we try to do it is we have a monthly theme so people can identify what is it I'm learning, mm-hmm. whether it's meaningful technology integration or focused on achievement and so on and so forth. And then we try to have two or three choices that are all staff driven. So last year, last spring, we had an empowered Moodle forum where people and we, we did this together. Um, we just brainstorm. What do we want to learn? What do we what matters to us next year? And then we plan the PD for the year based on that and make adjustments as need be. So um, right now, you know, next month you'd be able to attend one of three sessions, depending on what your needs are. And then we'll do this. We'll repeat the process for next year. So you you have that calendar laid out for the whole year, right? Yes. So you put a lot of thought into this before the school year starts. You talk to your teachers before the school year starts. Why do you not let it be more organic? And I, you intentionally chose to plan it out for the whole year. Why did you intentionally choose that? Yep, we, you know, per, that's a personal decision. I wanted to have a structure so people a predictable calendar so they know what their learning opportunities are going to be at school. So if they want to branch out and and realize, you know, and I'm also interested in this, well then maybe they can hit up an ed camp or do something like that. 
also it gives people an opportunity to to make adjustments. So this calendar or this uh, that's posted, and I have it on my blog, by the way, in case people mm-hmm. here I am motioning with my hands, but no one can see my hands. <laughs> um, but but basically, we have made several changes over the course of this year, even whether it's someone saying, you know, I thought I'd be ready to present on project based learning, but I'm realizing I, I want to learn a little bit more before I'm comfortable doing that or someone else saying, hey, there's this math workshop model that's emerging. I think I think our colleagues are going to be interested in this. I, I I wouldn't mind facilitating a session. However, you know, however those conversations take place, sometimes it's me reaching out saying after the year starts, like, wow, 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 would you be interested in doing this? And mm-hmm. then often the answer is yes. So it is organic uh, and it's structured. One thing that this is new this year, these sessions are optional. So to truly make it personalized, it's based on staff input, but they don't even have to go. Now, that's not something that's um, widely known. I mean, it's written on the flyer, but we people are still, I think, trying to figure it out because it's so non-traditional. Like, what do you mean? You're having a, a meeting and I don't have to go? It's like, it's like, yeah, you don't have to go. <laughs> Uh, that's that's the standard we want to hold ourselves to. And the PD, this is all the, I'm speaking on behalf of our school and our PD chairperson and the PD team, but we want to plan things that are so responsive to teachers' needs that they choose to go, that they're not mandated to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, one of the things that we're trying to tackle here is we don't, you know, people can't skip um, the, the focus on high achievement and helping each and every child succeed. So that it's not optional to interact or engage with our school goal, but how you do that is personalized and that's optional. So if, if for example, last month we had someone who had another commitment during the PD time and she said, can I do this? And I said, absolutely, you can do this. So don't, you know, don't worry about not showing up. You don't have to be apologetic. You're a professional. Just let me know how you're going to interact with that. And I even gave her an idea. You know, there's this Twitter chat that would hit the nail on the head, just so you know. And I, she was pretty excited about that. So that's the direction we're going. It's a, it's definitely a work in progress. And I'm not saying it's perfect, but uh, I'm excited by how we're trying to model kind of what we want for our students, too. Yeah. So the option is how you learn about the specific topic that is the theme for that month, right? And Correct. The required part is that you do some sort of professional development, right? You got it. So if you said, let's just say uh, for whatever reason, maybe you had a family commitment or maybe you just didn't want to go to a math workshop or a literacy intervention PD session, you could just let myself or a member of the PD team know and say, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be there this month. I will be reading this book or um, attending this ah, study class or participating in this Twitter chat for an hour on this very same topic. Um, and we'd be like, okay, now that's new, new territory for us. I mean, we've, we've, most people do attend because traditionally that was the status quo. We're just kind of I'm almost piloting this new approach, I would say, or introducing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, um, so then the question for principals who, who's our audience here is, is how do you, how do you make sure that people are still, getting the professional development that they need if they're not getting it through you. And I want you to talk about how you trust your teachers to do that. Well, two things. So if you've ever heard Todd Whitaker speak, he, he talks about make decisions based on your all-star teachers. And we have uh, our school is packed with them. So that's mm-hmm. very easy. It's always at the forefront of the, the, my thinking. So it's not a gotcha mentality like, oh, my God, how am I going to make sure – you know, 
you know, I, I try to look at it from that that positive standpoint. Again, it's very easy to do around here. If mm-hmm. someone doesn't show up to what we're planning, I, you know, I hope I'm not so uh, pompous to think that what what our team and what I'm helping plan are are better than anything else out there. I mean, I like to think we're doing a really good job, but if someone has something that they're seeing value in or they're passionate about, and it and it fits in and and can at least make sure they're on this shared collective journey with us in those areas, then 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 do it up. Amen. Uh, this is empowered learning. And it's a, it's different than the way things were when I was in the classroom. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. Yeah, I, I think so too. And it, it, there's a lot of trust that you have for your teachers there. And one thing that I'm learning from interviewing so many principals is that really successful principals have high levels of trust um, for their teachers. And and that was evident when I was talking to you when I was there visiting. It was evident in how you interacted with your teachers and how you interacted with the PTA and with the students. There were high levels of trust there. Um, what's your advice to someone who is starting new someplace um, compared to where you're at five years in at the same place? How do you build and develop that trust as time goes on? And how do you, how do you short circuit that and get there faster? I would say transparency. So there are times, Jethro, where I fail and I don't try to hide it. Something will blow up in my face or be, you know, whether it's a kind of the story I told you about the asynchronous learning mm-hmm. forum. And then teachers, you know, I try when they do come to me and give feedback, I really try to embrace it and have that inform my thinking. So if someone says this asynchronous Moodle stuff is hard, Brad, I don't say, you know, We'll figure it out or, you know, I, I really do listen and respond and check in with people. So having that open, transparent dialogue, having a culture where it really, truly is okay to fail, it really, that I think is one of the biggest things that helps cultivate some different innovative and things that are really good for kids and staff learning. I'll give you an example of that. And this is based on the advice to just have a conversation with your principal and principals have conversations with your teachers about what they want, what they need. Um, we had a teacher come in here, this was several months ago now, and say, we should do a professional development session on uh, in the theme of Top Chef or Chopped. Have you ever seen those cooking shows? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. And, you know, initially I was like, okay. And I thought, you know, he's pretty excited about this, and he's a super smart guy, like 10 times smarter than I am. I, sh- I should listen. So I listened, and I'm like, you know what? This fits with some of the feedback I have from teachers where they are looking for collaborative cross grade level time to reflect and process and go deeper into some of our learning. Mm-hmm. So over the last three months, we are forming this thing. I think we're taking a risk here, Jethro, because this could be the worst idea ever, or it could be <laughs> the greatest idea ever. But what we're going to do now, and this is, I'm sharing on behalf of our school. Again, we have teachers taking the lead on this, but we're going to have a, a collaborative time set. We're going to flip it. So teachers know what, what's happening going in, you know, a two minute video, just saying, come ready to reflect on how you've interacted with the three school goals. And then when they get there, we'll have a very short icebreaker. Uh, we're calling that the, the appetizer in mm-hmm. sticking with the culinary theme. The main course will be a deeper reflection uh, on a recipe for personalized professional development, you know, how they've interacted this year, what they need next year, similar to how we, how we did it uh, this past year. We'll take that and respond. And then the dessert, quote unquote, um, the, the tail end of this will be people will actually be served food that are, are 
um, contestants are cooking in the backdrop the whole time. We're going to try to have a, a famous chef come in. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to have one or two staff members. Uh, I believe I might be doing some cooking, but we'll have in the in the theme of chopped some mystery basket ingredients, and we'll cook. And then for dessert, teachers will come up with an analogy for professional development that ties into um, into the dessert that's served. So they're they're internalizing it. I think it's going to be fun, engaging, and tasty, and we'll see what happens. It was a staff member's idea, and teachers are running with it. I I've never heard of anything like it. So again, it could it could not go so well. But I think that's the culture that we have here because often when people are really purposeful and think things through, typically they do go pretty well for kids. So we're trying to trying to model that on the PD team too. Yeah, and you know what? Another thing that Todd Whitaker says, I think it's Todd Whitaker, whoever says it, it's awesome. When the principal sneezes, then the whole school gets a cold, right? You know that quote? Mm -hmm. So you're doing something to help teachers feel comfortable coming to you with these ideas and you're letting them run with them. And that's something that um, you are very humble and deflective and, and put a lot of credit on your teachers and the reason they're doing that is because you allow them to do that in the first place um and and i just want to make sure that that people recognize that um having seen you in action with your teachers and how you interact with them um it's pretty inspiring and teachers with a leader like you would feel very comfortable doing this and the the hard part to nail down is what does that really mean and what does that really look like for someone who who is who is a principal themselves and doesn't feel like they have that what are some of the things that you do to to show your teachers that you trust them and and I'll start by <laughs> I'll give you a one thing that I saw is that um you when I was there you were running around your school, checking in on teachers, um, talking with them about anything that they, you know, needed to bring up. There were, you had tasks, but then they also had things they wanted to ask you. And you were actively engaged in working with them, communicating, being open with them um, for the whole time that I was there. And what are some of the other things that you do to encourage and um, support that kind of open communication and come to me with your ideas kind of thing. Yeah, well, a couple things. So to clarify, I tend to believe that teachers will do an am amazing job for kids regardless of my approach. And, and here's what I mean by that. It's either going to be transparent and celebrated or it's going to happen behind closed doors. So I don't want to be as, you know... <laughs> Let's be honest here. We're, I, it's, this isn't really about me, right. um, but thank you for, for saying that. <laughs> so my goal is to really have the doors be wide open and us sharing some of these best practices and ideas and then learning from things that we would refine too. So mm -hmm. I think before I came here, I mean, we have the same – well, we've you know obviously hired some new teachers too, but people have always done great things. We're just trying to – uh, trying to trying to acknowledge it and spread it and share and celebrate the differences too. Um, second of all, resource allocation principals have have a lot of 
power or, you know, they, we have the ability to support with finances, maybe even more so than teachers recognize. Mm-hmm. So we've tried to have, we carved out some money at the beginning of this year for mobile maker spaces. And basically it was a line item in the budget for innovation. That's tangible, real support that, that can really jumpstart a school or a teacher's idea. Uh, also in the form of kind of PLN support or, or resources with regard to uh, either research or, or, you know, tangible conversation. So if someone comes to me and says, oh, I'm stuck on augmented reality, I've been trying, I've been trying, um, I can say, okay, I can help. And I know Charles Cooper in Texas, and I know Terry Eicholtz in Texas, and I know Brad Wade and Drew Minock, and we will get you connected. And the folks at Erasma or Daiquiri have a great support team. So that's another way, just leveraging the PLN and, and kind of building, going on that journey together. And then I think the last thing for, for me, and this is pr- true of all principals, just taking a genuine interest in what they're doing and having, you know, asking questions. And sometimes our staff will share, we have a school hashtag on Twitter. It's GW, stands for Greenwood, GW Greats. And sometimes staff will share cool things and I'll ask questions too. I won't, I won't, although sometimes I do say awesome or no way, (laughs) you know, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But I'll say, how did students respond so that they have a chance to share um, a, a little bit more about that. So those are, that's the trifecta there. Yeah, well, I think that that's awesome. Um, so one last thing that I want to talk to you about is your flexible parent-teacher conferences. And mm-hmm. uh, this was brand new to me, and I thought that it was amazing. So talk about what that looks like and um, and how you do that and how it serves your school and community better. All right. So the, the concept is partnering with, with parents and having those child-centric conversations that are really critical and getting getting each and every family in, you know, not stopping at 90%, not stopping at 95%, but 100%. And that's what our teachers have been able to achieve, 100% conference attendance. How do they do it? Well, we, instead of having three conference dates or two conference days and then a flex date, they custom schedule conferences with each and every family. And in some cases, that means they're conferencing for a month. But the feedback from parents and staff has been really impactful. Uh, instead of having that factory model where you have 15-minute, 20-minute conferences mm-hmm. and you get eight or ten done in a night, and by the end you can barely remember who you're conferencing with or what you've said already and what you haven't, they might schedule two or three a night. They might do one before school. They might they might stick around till 7 p.m. just for one family. Uh, there might be a family on vacation, et cetera, et cetera. You know, everyone's busy and, and families are no different. So that that's how our staff has approached that. The, the challenge is, it, it, but, but this is a challenge that I think every single school has with our specialists, fiat, mm-hmm. music, art. Um, you know, I've been in, in other schools and specialists, it, it's still hard. Families don't typically attend those conferences at the same rate they do homeroom teachers. Um, and the same is true with flex conferencing. And you can imagine it, it adds some layers of dif- difficulty because if you're a fiat teacher, and teachers across the school are conferencing at a bazillion different times, it's going to be probably even more challenging for you to maybe yeah. meet with one person. So that was actually circling back to the Passport to Passion Night. Mm-hmm. We piloted that this year. One of the goals was to engage with parents, get them talking to our specialists. And again, that was an absolute home run. We did it with just third and fourth grade this year. As I was circulating around, actually, we had clipboards, too. We asked people to sign in just to kind of have a sense of, of who came and how many. 
And I haven't counted yet. I tried, I started counting Jethro, but I'm going to estimate hundreds. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. estimate more than 200 people came. And that's just third and fourth grade. So, so that, you know, back to the flex conferencing thing, that was, that's, I think, been the missing piece. And I think it's a missing piece regardless of how you do conferences, just making sure all staff are kind of celebrated and accessible to families. Yeah. So, um, I, I think that's really amazing. The thing that was really cool in the staff meeting that I attended with you was somebody mentioned that some other school in the district wanted your school to go back to the traditional way of doing conferences. And there was very much an uproar among your teachers of, no, this is the way we need to do it because this is how we communicate with all of our families in a positive and productive way. And, um, and at the same time, teachers were saying there are, this is a lot harder. There's a lot more time and effort that goes into this. We're definitely doing more than the, you know, compensatory eight hours or however long it is in the contract. But we, we do this because it's what's best for kids. And that was, it was cool to see that and see them get fired up about having something really positive, possibly taken away. And, you know, I don't know if the conversation really was about taking it away or not, but somebody mentioned that every year they say, should Greenwood still be doing these flexible conferences? And the whole staff was like, yes, we need them. They're wonderful. And, and it was just really cool to see your teachers like be so excited about, about doing extra work and working longer. And, you know, because they really cared about the kids and cared about the the families of the kids and having a hundred percent participation in those conferences, which was totally inspiring. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's the feeling I get like on a daily basis here. They hold themselves to a very, very high standard. And let's be really honest, if in this age of data-driven decision-making, Jethro, can you really argue against 100% attendance at parent conferences? I don't think I can. Yeah, you you certainly can't. So (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty awesome. So the last question I ask um, is, what is one thing that someone can start doing today to be a transformative principal like you? Start doing today. I would say, so I I recently finished my dissertation and one of the findings that emerged, and by the way, I, I interviewed the most innovative elementary principals across this great country. And the, the overarching theme was invest in digital connections to extend your learning. And one of the tools that, that was frequently mentioned was Twitter, although it doesn't have to be Twitter. So I would say if you want to be a transformative principal, get get more involved and invest in this digital connected ecosystem and move away, transition away from kind of the traditional silo approach. You know, hang up, I shouldn't say hang up the phone, but just broaden your reach and your PLN. And um, if you have questions about how to do that, I'm happy to help. Um, there are principals across this country that are excited to share ideas that are working well in their schools and very eager to learn best practices that are happening in other schools. Um, you know, the, the, at a very base level, this is one, this is a quote, um, that I said, you know, it's like the one thing that's, that I've ever said that's actually made sense and resonated, but it's, it's educational malpractice to limit student opportunity based on what we refuse to learn. 
Okay, so basically perpetuating the status quo is not doing our kids right. We have to be in the mix in learning, and I think the most profound and efficient and inspiring and powerful way is to invest in digital connections, and Twitter is one option, one way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. How can people connect with you, especially on Twitter? Yeah, so my Twitter handle is at Gustafson Brad. I have a blog that's called Adjusting Course, and the name is, um, if you, you actually have to think about it a little bit, um, it's literally like changing the way education is done and responding to our students' needs, and um, those are two ways. And then I'd be able to, if someone did reach out, be able to share some other people that have really that I uh, love learning from too. So. Great. And you also have a podcast, 30 Second Take. Do you want to talk a little bit about that too? Oh, sure. Cool. Thanks. So the podcast, it basically the premise is um, people are busy. So we have a podcast that's typically five minutes or less because it's, um, unless there's like a special, we have a March Madness one going that's just been insanely awesome. And we had 16 people on, but wow. everyone gives their take on a guiding question in education, but they only get 30 seconds to do that. And uh, it's kind of a PLN builder. So you have a chance to hear directly from um, some people you maybe haven't heard of, some people you definitely have heard of in 30 seconds or less. And we try to make it fun. We've gamified it a little bit where we have the audience vote on which guest host will come back next week to take on a different guiding question. So typically the setup, and we, we want to get you on too, Jethro, by the way, but the <laughs> setup might be like me, or actually it wouldn't be me because I host the thing, but it'd be me going against you. We'd both get the same guiding question. We'd have 30 seconds to respond to, you know, the best way to innovate in education or, you know, whatever the question is. You'd give your take. I'd give mine. And then people vote on Twitter at hashtag 30 second take and just say, you know, when Jethro said this, it really resonated. I vote for him. And then if you, if you had more votes than me, you'd come back the next week to uh, to host the next or guest host the next guiding question we also have used a google form for voting too and people are like emailing and voxing because they don't want to hurt anyone's feelings but yet they want to be involved in the (laughs) (laughs) that's cool so answering a deep educational question in 30 seconds is difficult and you've given me the question that i need to answer and i am struggling to uh succinctly say it in 30 seconds um so that's why i delayed in getting my response back to you is that I don't, I don't know how to, how to limit it to 30 seconds. So I'm still working on it. I'm going to, I'm going to get it done and, uh, it's going to be hopefully awesome and I'll destroy whoever my competition is. Oh, I like (laughs) my word. I, I, I love it. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes people use analogies or visuals to help further the story, but the intent isn't that that's like the final end of the conversation. Really the goal is that that's the beginning of the conversation. And it's very digestible to, you know, typically the podcasts are only three to four minutes and, you know, I don't know about you, but I have, I do have three or four minutes. I might not have two hours, but I do have three or four minutes to extend my learning and and meet someone new. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for your time, Brad. This has been awesome. And I personally have learned so much from you and am just honored to be able to call you a friend and a colleague. And I appreciate your time today. So thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me, and I can't thank you again enough for you know coming out to our school and um, giving me feedback, helping me reflect. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, Jethro. <laughs> All right.
Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher, and please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE.